everybody. I am Trey Rollin, and I was jamming out to way more funky than it had any right to be countdown music. My God, what a banger. Everybody looks good here because it's the whole Knowles 24-7 staff. We decided it's a bye week. We all could have just been drunk in the gutter somewhere, just trying to like just, just trying to chill out from how hard we've been working. But we don't do that here at Knowles 24-7. We work for you, the people. And we are always trying to bring you the content that we think is necessary. So we have decided to get together and... I don't know the math, but what's the FSU season done right now? It's like one one sixth of the way finished, so it's a perfect time for an early season roundtable, guys. So we're going to talk about what we've seen from Florida State through two games, what we've seen from a very very volatile and surprising landscape in college football, and just every other topic in between. But listen, I'm just the host. I'm going to kick it to the real talent, the guys here at Knowles Twenty Four Seven Yo Staff. Kevin Little, Adam Brown, Brendan Sonon, Dane Draper, Slice Bread, Zach Blostein, and the big <laughs> Papa Pump himself, Chris Nee. Boys, how art thou? Fantastic. Good. Mm, yeah. I, good. Very good. I do think we need to address this. I think I think Brett's dead in the gutter somewhere. He's been at the Palace since LSU lost to Florida State. Uh, last second extra point. <laughs> And, the last uh, text we got was he was crawling back from the palace to his place. Yeah, he's in the gutter like Edgar Allan Poe was uh, 200 years ago. Edgar Allan That's Poe great. That's a going. very topical reference, Brendan. You only come with the hottest of fire. Sick literary <laughs> reference. If you de- do see some like younger, some younger white male shambling around talking about curveballs, knuckleballs, looking disheveled, smelling like a distillery, that's Brett Nevitt. And please uh, check his collar and like, call call his owners. Like, let us know where he's at. We're very worried. He but looks anyway, like the Lorax. He... <laughs> <laughs> I've never met Brett in person, but I'm going to say shots fired. All right. If you see a Seuss character come to life that smells like beer, that's Brett Nevitt. And we want him to come home. We miss him. Anyway, guys. We're two games into the season, like I said. I want to hear, like, what's up, Mike Myrick? How you doing? Everybody's general mood right now. Uh, Chris, I'm going to go with you, man. Nice little Susie in reference there. How, what's your general mood right now, two games into the season? How you feeling? I'm, I'm as happy as I've been since 2016, I think. Oh, man, that's a six. Then that includes, like, personal life, everything. This is the yeah, happiest yeah. you've been in six years. <laughs> yeah, I think my wife's happier, too. <laughs> up with so, yeah. Oh, yeah? We're good. We're good. I love that. Brendan, what about you? Edgar Allan Sinone, how are you feeling, man? I was going to make a hops on pops reference. Uh, I guess I just did because of yeah. Dr. Seuss drunk. This is a good one, right? I'm oh, really uh, dude, roll. I'm yes, it was fantastic. I'm great. This is this is the happy side, Ben, since I've owned <laughs> Knowles 24 7 in 2016. It's all been a curse uh, since then. So maybe, maybe adding all you fine gentlemen has finally turned things around. It took like 10 editions to Knowles 24 7 to really. Uh, change the the fortunes of the Florida State Seminoles. I think, I think we briefly have lost Trey. So I believe so. I think he's back. Here we go. Hey, guys. Yeah, that was great. As Brendan was saying, all these new additions that we've added have been great, and there's been no issues whatsoever. But yes, yeah, so you're feeling good. Everybody's feeling good. Is 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 that the general mood around the entire like staff right now? Are you guys all feeling good? Anybody waiting for like the other shoe to like drop? Anybody waiting for the ominous bad thing that has seemed to follow Florida State for the past six years to happen? That would be like a Zach thing to do. But no, I think you. I don't know how you could be anything <laughs> positive right now. 
Unless you're Zach Blustein, of course, but he's always That's like messed that. up. Hey, I've been positive, man. I, I know everyone's going to talk about my LSU prediction. It was oh, a reverse yeah. jinx. Um, you guys all got fooled. I helped you guys out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm positive. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of, of what's going on right now. I think the LSU win was huge, and um, obviously we'll, we'll delve into that and, and kind of what's going, what's coming up. Um, but yeah, I think I think this next game is is really important on on, on the season outlook for sure. I agree with that. I agree. Chris, I love your your avatar. Bring bring back our boy Nevet. Yeah, bring back bring back the truffula trees. Um, Kevin, what's your biggest storyline of the season so far as far as the way that Florida State's played, in your opinion? Like what has been what has been the thing that's really popped out to you being such an avid watcher of the film? Um, probably something that uh has been talked about but not uh, thoroughly discussed is just how different the the play calling has seemed early on. Um, okay, I think that there was a lot of patience in the play calling uh, against LSU. I thought the game plan was cohesive. I thought it was well rounded. Um, I think the past couple of years, you you saw Florida State scoring on the first drives and the halves. Uh, so the scripted drives worked really well, and then they would flounder for the rest of the half. I think that uh, that trend is kind of. Uh, you don't really we haven't seen that yet so um i think the play callings looked good i think the players are are playing as as well as we were hearing they were playing in fall camp and so um yeah just good things all around i'm with you dude the ability to consistently put drives together has been very eye-opening to me because florida state was all boomer bust and it really has been for the past couple years the f- I was, yeah, the, the fact that we were putting drives together would have liked us to finish in the red zone a little bit better, but that's just kind of being nitpicky. A- Adam, what about you? Is the play call stood out to you, or has there been another storyline that you're watching develop as the season goes on? Uh, no, I think the play calling has been pretty good. Um, we talk- I talked about it during the game and the game thread and then wrote about it a little bit uh, earlier this week that they really were just kind of content with um, – they were content with just throwing body blows over and over again the whole game. Like they were going to hold on the ball. They were going to control the, control the clock, manage the tempo of the game, throw blows at LSU and force them to go out there and be productive over and over again offensively. And it really just kind of worked in their favor. Uh, and I thought, you know, even going back to do, do the uh, Duquesne game, that it was the same thing. I mean, they were going to run the football. They were going to lean on that and let that be the identity. And that's who Mike Norvell's wanted to be. We'll see if it continues. I think it will. Chris, Brendan, do you guys feel the same? Has it been mostly just how the team is run, just kind of the identity of the team? Are there individual like player storylines, unit storylines that have really stood out to you? Or is it really just how much of like how different the team has looked from like an operational standpoint is the biggest storyline two games into the season so far? Well, I agree with Kev's point on the scoring. If you look, they're they're scoring pretty evenly by quarter. I think mm-hmm. they've had six drives of 11 plays or more that have produced points so far through two games. So that speaks to their ability to just kind of consistently do it. They're much better about that. I thought the play calling in the LSU game was outstanding. Uh, obviously, the pitch play and the the one kind of fadish <laughs> pattern to the end zone are something that people get stuck on. But when you're yes. calling 60, 70 plays in a game, in general, I thought it was a pretty masterful job by Mike Norvell calling that game. Uh, to me, offensively, it's how in control Jordan Travis is of everything. And defensively, it's how much improved linebacker play has elevated yep. the ability for that unit to be really good. 
Okay, I agree with that. And go ahead, Brendan, elaborate on that because you just had a story come out on Knowles247.com. Subscribe right now. There's a great deal uh, about Jordan Travis's development. So expound for us, oh, expounder. Yeah, it definitely the most impressive thing of the season to me so far is the play of Jordan Travis. And it really, I mean, the offense in general has been very in control and, and they've, Mike Norvell seems to have a really firm grasp on what they can and cannot do and is, is called games accordingly with that in mind. But Jordan Travis being in total control and command of the offense and really expanding his ability to throw the ball to different areas of the field. It's been so cool to see. It's been remarkable. Like he, he is doing things as a pastor that he dared not dream about doing like two years ago, like throws that he's, he's making and completing and attempting, like he wouldn't even thought of making a couple years ago. So that's been really cool to see. Uh, but you look at like the, the skill talent around him is markedly improved from a year ago with Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman uh, add so much to the, to the passing game. Uh, the offensive line has been really solid. I, I found this out today. I was doing some research. FSU leads the country and fewest tackles for loss allowed per game. It's only two games, granted, but this was one of the weaknesses of the offense a year ago was you allowed disastrous plays to get behind the chains and get off a schedule. Uh, they haven't allowed that. And then kind of the same thing on defense. It's like they understand what they are. They're not allowing big plays through the air, uh, kind of forcing offenses to drive methodically. And, uh, and yeah, just this t- seems through two games to be a team that has a pretty good grasp on what it can and can't do, which which I think is pretty important to to not be finding out midway through the season like a, a last couple of years. You know what you are right now. And I think that that is important to actually have an idea of what you are as a team, what you do well, what your identity is. I actually want to get to that here in a little bit. Dane, obviously you and I do know thy enemy. We we look at we look at other teams, so that obviously leads to a bunch of self-scouting on our own guys. I mean, what do you think about Jordan Travis's development? What part of his game has impressed you the most? I mean, he's developed so much as a passer. Like he's making NFL level throws, and that's not something we ever expected, I guess, out of him from the beginning. That's huge. But um, I think it, looking at what we've seen through two two games so far, I think they're just a, a competent, like well coached team so far. And that's it's not it's refreshing. a difference, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. nice. A, like they look like a college, a power five, pretty good so far. Two games in. College football team, bigger, stronger, faster, and everybody knows where they need to be. Zach, we're talking about identity. In your opinion, two games in, does Florida State, they've kind of built off a lot of the work they did at the end of last season, but do you think Florida State's team has an identity yet? And if so, like, could, could you like describe like How would you describe it if you think they do have one? I think their identity is that they're no longer one-dimensional. I think last hmm. year, A.B. brought this up. Like, I mean, it was boom or bust, right? They were going to get a, a chunk play or it was going for nothing. Um, and I, I think now um, you, you kind of have a balanced attack. I mean, we saw in the first game, they completely relied on the run because it was so dominant. They had got three guys that went for over 100 yards. And then in game two, I mean, the run really wasn't that impactful other than what um, AB you know, brought up in his article and, and what he just said and, and, and you know, throwing blows. But I think um, – they relied on on Jordan uh, Travis's arm, and I, that's not really something that I think the coaching staff was, was super comfortable doing last year, especially considering the personnel at receiver and along the offensive line. But with those two position groups uh, improved um, through through two games th- thus far, obviously they've had some injuries along the offensive line, but it's still because of the depth they added this offseason, 
um, been, been a much improved group. And, and, and I think that's allowed Mike Norvell um, and his play calling to kind of unlock aspects of this offense that we haven't really seen in the past. I agree at, with at that. Florida State. I agree with that. And it was really a hallmark of when Adam and I had looked at like uh, Mike Norvell's previous Memphis's offenses. They were very versatile and they were very versatile and they're always suited to like what he had. You could tell like one of his first couple years at Memphis, they were the most one of the most run heavy teams in the entire country. I believe they had Daryl Henderson, who's mm-hmm. the current running back for the Los Angeles Rams. And it was completely focused around him. Then a couple years down the road, when they have Bridie White, when they have Antonio Gibson, you could see them trying to stretch that field vertically. But it does seem like Mike Norvell, the the, the shackles have been busted, so to speak. And he's shown more versatility in his offense, what he's able to call, and even versatility from game to game, being able to emphasize different parts of his offense, depending on his opponent. I mean, Adam and Kevin, do you guys kind of agree with Zach's assessment on the identity of the team? Do you, do you see it differently? I know you guys have both been looking at that uh, a lot in the past week. So, I mean, just looking at the the main stat that talks about how effective you are at consistently moving the football, that's that's going to be your success rate stat. How, how effective are you at, at getting the plays that get you into second and manageable, third and manageable right. situations. Last season, Florida State was 71st in the country at 41%. Ew. Um, c- currently, Florida State is 10th in the country Whoa. Um, at 54.5%. And uh, all the teams ahead of them have, haven't have haven't played a real opponent. Um, Miami? Are they ahead of us? Miami's number one. Um, <laughs> I just thought I haven't played a real opponent yet. That one kind yeah, of yeah, stuck they, out in they, my head. They've played two teams that, um, yeah. Uh, so my Miami's number one. <laughs> uh, the only team that uh, is is high is LSU. So LSU's eight. Um, so they they've played they've played another football team. All right. Well, that that's a, that's a good point, and I think it's something that you could visually see, man. We didn't get. I, I don't feel like we were in too many like third and longs, Adam. So it, it drives to your point about the attritive damage, the body blows, and then finally taking over at the end of the game. The ones that they were in, though, I mean, they had a, a ridiculously absurd success rate on third down low. Like it's yeah. unsustainable. They were six, over sixty percent. Yes. Like that's not going to be sustainable for for the year. We know that based on prior data. Um, but even if they get down to that 30% or so, I just think they're going to find themselves being so much more successful on standard downs. Um, you know, whether that be first, second down running the football or throwing the football that they're going to set themselves up for more success on third down throughout the year. I mean, it was incredible. We're standing, sitting here talking about identity and this and that. And really, if you think about this football game, they won it on the arm of Jordan Travis. <laughs> yes, they were successful with setting things up with the running game and, and getting some trick plays involved. But if not for Jordan Travis throwing the football, they don't win the game. And when's the last time that we could have that conversation about this offense going out and winning a football game on the arm of a quarterback and in with the, an offensive line in front of them that didn't give up a ridiculous amount of pressure so that the quarterback could sit back there and be successful. I, I think that that's, that's the biggest thing for me. That's the greatest leap that we've seen so far out of them that they can go out there and feel like they can beat an LSU with Jordan Travis's arm and with the wide receivers that they have now and trusting the offensive line in front of them to pass protect. Um, They're always going to be a running football team. That's what they want to do. But I think it's, to me, I was, I was like amazed. Uh, I was really dumbfounded, especially going back and watching it again at some of the throws that they were able to go out there and complete. 
I think that's a good point. And that's the hallmark of like really good college football teams. I mean, you have to be able to do this and do that. But when your bread and butter gets shut down, like your running game, you now have a quarterback that has the ability and the confidence and enough weapons around him to get the job done and win it like they did. Now, obviously, we're talking about Jordan Travis, talking about identity offense, play calling. Chris, has there been any other player developments that have been really notable to you? Any other guys that really stood out and be like, wow, this 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 is nice that this kid is doing that? Well, on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's fair to point out the receiver room was elevated by the transfer portal, guys that went and gut. Absolutely. You know, Deuce spans ahead of schedule for what we thought he was going to be, especially after the spring. He took a big leap from the end of spring to the beginning of the season. Johnny Wilson is going to be a capable, good player for them. Micah Pittman's probably the most reliable guy. We'll see when they get Winston right back here, probably sooner rather than later. He'll be mm. a big piece added into the mix as well. I think that room is one to point out. And then all of this conversation we're having about the offense being able to be balanced to allow the quarterback to throw, being able to line up and run the ball, a lot of that goes back to the O-line. It's just so yep. much better. It's mm-hmm. deeper. It's more capable. You know, Bless Harris goes down. Last year that happens. We're in Brady Scott territory. It's not going real well. You're just trying to keep your head above water, not trying to knock my boy Brady. I always like Brady Scott, but you know what I mean. This year, it's not that. They have seven, eight, nine capable bodies. They're still going to have that depth tested, but they're in a lot better place. And that starting group, you know, I, I didn't think Meech, Dimitri Emanuel played a great game. I didn't think uh, Jazz played a great game, but they battled their backsides off. And they mm-hmm. still had FSU in a position to be successful more often than not. And that's all you're asking for from that group. They will continue to progress. They will continue to take a step forward as long as they're able to stay healthy and play together. And I think uh, with Louisville coming up, last year FSU's O-line got annihilated by Louisville. They played extremely poorly against Louisville. I think it's going to be a great measuring stick for how far that group has come season over season. What do you think, Brendan? You agree with that? Anybody else that's really caught your eye from a player development standpoint? I'm with you, Chris. Like there has been, and that's the thing that's also promising to me about this football team. That was a great win over LSU. And there was still a whole bunch of stuff to clean up in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. this, I don't think that game was their ceiling. Now we'll, I mean, it remains to be seen. Uh, we'll see how FSU deals with some early season success, and that's something I'll talk about a little bit later. Teaser. But, Brendan, what do you think? Any any other names besides the ones that Chris mentioned that has really just popped out on the screen to you? Uh, <sighs> shout out to Marcus and – oh, boy, question in the chat. <laughs> Dustin Huff from FSU. Thanks, AB, for adding that to the, to the screen. Appreciate you derailing things. I'm about to talk. Uh, Marcus and Douglas, Biscuit, has risen. Uh, he He – has been very solid as FSU's number two tight end blocking uh, specialist. I think he's a top five tight end via PFF right now. And there's things he can do with his game to, to keep getting better, finishing blocks, not just getting in the way. Um, but you saw against LSU got soft hands. He's someone who can be a, a viable threat in, in both the the blocking game and the receiving aspect of uh, playing tight end. So shout out to him. Like he's someone who's gotten progressively better. So we didn't even know a couple of years ago, if he was going to be able to play football, with the medical condition that he had uh, his freshman season at Florida State, and here he is, you know, making a, a significant impact uh, for a 2-0 Seminoles team. I think on defense, there's been a ton of pleasant surprises. Like Jared Verse has been better than advertised, and we thought he was going to be pretty good, but uh, I think three sacks through two games. He's one of the leaders in the country with passing efficiency ratings and uh, obviously the blocked field goal as well. He's been excellent. Chris mentioned the linebackers earlier. That was a group that we were fairly – bullish on Trey like I think we thought they were going to be not as good as this I thought they would be to go from being like a like a huge Achilles heel to like being solid 
they're they're almost a strength of the team. A strength, I'd say. Yeah. and the athleticism and really pops to me. The the versatility of that group uh, it flashes. Like Tatum Bethune is just consistently in the right place, which is really mm-hmm. cool. It's something we haven't been able to say recently. But yeah, yes. Deloach's athleticism that you mentioned, like. This will be another good matchup for him this week against Louisville and Malik Cunningham, but we saw some of that athleticism and how it could be utilized. And then DJ Lundy has just been such a pleasant surprise as well. So yeah, I'm with you totally. Like I, I thought that group could be serviceable and maybe like if you're looking at optimistically, like potentially a strength, but at this point, like definitely not a weakness. And if you want to you know, save through two games or a strength, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. No, and we were not there last year at all, man. And I, I was going to say just for me, mine is Jared Verse, man. I, I We knew the athleticism would show, but I had an interview with him on Thursday. And when we were going through that game against LSU, the power and like the violence that he's bringing, obviously sometimes he gets a little ahead of himself, but I'd rather have a defensive end that does that than the exact opposite. That kid, surefire, awesome. We, we hit on him and that kid is good and he works hard and he's really popped off the screen. Same thing with the linebackers and then the safeties too, but we knew they were going to be good. Now, Florida State, we've had glimpses of success during the Mike Norvell era, right? what 2020 UNC, you know, 2021, you know, year uh, wins against Miami, things of that nature. And they've honestly seemed to let success. They don't know how to handle it because the responses after a lot of these games, like what happened last year at the end of the year against Florida, what happened directly. I think we played Louisville right after that UNC win in 2020 and they were just abysmal. They were abysmal performances. Dane, are you expect? Is, is this really that different of a team to you, or is this Louisville test against the, uh, a Louisville team that I think we all thought would be better than they were preseason? They are one and one. They've shown to have some dangerous aspects, but even a vulnerable Louisville team on the road, Friday night situation. Do you expect Florida State to go out to and perform, or do you think we're you think we're maybe rife for like a, a disappointing performance? What do you think, Dane? I think you should expect them to be better with that than they have been the previous years for sure. And I mean, you, with Mike Norvell, he's been here for what, three years now, the team should be more matured and better coached in those situations, have better response in those situations to mm-hmm. success. But um, yeah, they should be better in this kind of situation. Um, you got a lot of conviction. I don't know, man. You saying they should be? You're kind of like going back and forth. Your little hair floppy thing is going there. Is that? Like, you really believe it? You can t- if you don't, it's okay, Dane. This is a safe space. Nobody else no. is watching besides us. I, six. I was I was blinking out a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're the better. <laughs> I think you're the better coach team in that matchup, and I think that has to show through as well. But um, I'm but with that'll you be the big test, and I think you've seen. You par, another reason you can expect to for them to be better in handling success probably is how they handled the LSU game. Like that was such an intimidating environment, and for them to to get the to, win in the end, I think that's to respond. A lot. You're right. That game yeah. itself was a microcosm of it. it. Had a ton of adversity, a lot of ups and downs. I took at least five to seven years off my life watching it. So yeah, I'm with you. See, we've seen. Is Florida State different? The way they responded to that LSU game in kind was different. Zach, you, you negative SOB. You, what do you think? You expecting a good performance? I can't wait to see your prediction for the game on Friday. It's going to be a bro cool. out. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be a bro. We're going to bro down real hard. Bro out. 62 20. Those guys. <laughs> real. Oh, done that one before. Is Kev dying? Kev, are you okay? I'm making it. Okay. I'm on the, I'm on the upswing. He's in the ditch with Brett right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. Go He's ahead. Sam. Crawling out of it. Palace I left boys. him behind. 
All right, Kev, don't die on the stream. That way, I mean, we get some decent views, but I, I'd miss you. You're a good guy. Anyway, Zach, what do you think? Kev dying aside, what do you think, man? Man, Dane and I were watching that Louisville UCF game on Friday, and Louisville does not look good. Um, but I just know that they're going to come out and look better than they have in the previous two weeks against Florida State. Yep. Like, doesn't that just always happen? Every time. So, I mean, what I'm confident in is that I think this team is not going to um, lessen their play to the point where I think they lose the game. But I don't also don't think they're going to play to the level that they executed in the LSU game. Like, sure. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. But I still, I still think they come out with a win. Um, I guess we'll get into that later in the week. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think Louisville's going to look better than they have in the previous two weeks. Um, but, I, but I also think that Florida State will do enough um, in that game. I feel in the bye, playing the Week Zero game against Duquesne, against the Duquesne and Duques, I thought that that was perfect. We needed yeah. this bye week for a multitude of reasons, even just from, like, the physical stuff aside – the mental aspect of getting some time to have a practice that wasn't your best and recover from it and let it just fade away. Let the high from that all fade away, have a brutal come down and realize, Hey, we got to continue to work the rest of you four. Do you guys agree? Are you expecting a letdown performance against Louisville at all? Any of you four? If so, speak up. But if not, I feel like everybody feels a lot more confident uh, than any Florida state fan has the right to be after the past six years, but it feels different. Do you guys all feel the same way? I'm not will, expecting a letdown because of Wednesday's practice. Okay, elaborate. What did you see in Wednesday's practice that made you feel that way? Uh, they were awful, and they were <laughs> kind of told they were awful, and the point was driven home by the coaching staff that you can't do that. And they came back the next day, and they were much, much better. But, I mean, the point was made. I If they had just practiced well after the LSU win leading up to LSU, I don't, or I'm sorry, leading up to Louisville, mm-hmm. I don't feel – as good about it because it's like, oh, this is all going way too well. The fact they had that sort of emotional dump letdown in the way it was responded to by the coaches and by the players the next day, I think it matters. I think it's significant. And I think, you know, responses preached around these parts a lot, but I, I think that was needed. They had the best success they've had in three years as a program. And most of these guys live in that three-year window, if not less. And especially with coaching staff. And I think it was just needed to have that moment of like, cool, you're 2-0, you won, it's a huge game. But nobody's going to give a, you know what, if you go out the next time and lay an egg and don't continue to have success. Uh, I think that practice kind of uh, helped plant that seed and water it very quickly with the blood, sweat, and tears of running their backsides off after practice. I agree. Much like Miami's home stadium, success is rented and it is not owned. So it's good for them to find that out. Brendan, do you do you feel the same way? It looks like you're going to talk before Chris Big League do, which I enjoyed as a host. But go ahead. Did you have anything else to add, or did Chris steal your thunder? No, he didn't, because we have a different take. He does Big League me from time to time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fine. I know my role. Uh, as someone, <laughs> as someone who drove up to Louisville in 2020 after the UNC game and uh, had to cover that catastrophe, uh, as someone who got into a shouting match with a member of the FSU sports info staff in 2018 at Louisville. As oh, you're who, a, you're a bad boy. You're as a someone bad boy, we can get that whiskey in you, huh? Threw up violently en route to the game in 2016. Christy had to hop a curb. I jumped a curb. Me, yeah. To get me to throw up on the sidewalk, like a, like a civilized human being. I think I threw up on Brett in the gutter, uh, as we were driving past Papa John stadium. Um, <laughs> 
going to Louisville has not worked out very well for Florida State nor myself. Or you, personally. Yeah. It's been personally. a house of horrors. <laughs> Uh, so the idea of 3-0, and of things going well, of people being able to be happy at Knowles 24-7 is just something that I don't allow myself to, to get into emotionally because it just doesn't seem like it's happened recently. So, so you don't uh, think. You, you're expecting a letdown. I need to emotionally prepare myself and this fan base for a letdown and do the emotional hedge, uh, much like okay. what Zach did for all of us last week. So I'm going right. to I'm going to say there's a chance for Louisville. Yeah, it w- in all seriousness, it would have been really nice for Louisville just to completely quit against UCF and go into that game. Oh, and two with everyone just completely no. done with Coach Satterfield. Uh, but that doesn't seem like that's the case. It showed a you, little bit of your UCF no. Knights forgot how to pass the football. So I was going to say UCF too much of a joke program for that. to That happen. was so of course uh, no team would quit against them. They forgot how to throw the football. They forgot how to run the football. What the hell? Too many ska boys in Central Florida for any team to quit against them, right? Yeah, too many too many horns and trumpets going on. That's right. The, sure. <laughs> the brass section was far too strong. Anyway. <laughs> Get a get move it, furthering Chicken Little Sinone's point a little bit. Adam or Kevin, are there any areas of concern? We've talked all about the positive, positive response, Jordan Travis. We also did talk about areas where they need to clean up. Two games in, any areas of concern for you guys that you've noticed specifically? I'm going to let the big, bald guy go first. Adam, you go first. And your areas of concern I want you to think about, are those systemic or are those things that we can clean up throughout the season, you think? Yeah, I'm scared shitless about the secondary. Um, okay, that's strong. Honest. That's strong. No poop at all inside the body because of the secondary. Give me a little bit more and info I, on that. I think Kev would, is probably going to agree with me when he gets his opportunity, but Kevin Knowles is turning a lot of coverages loose right now. It looks like from what some of the stuff we've broken down, there seems to be some mis- miscommunication between he and the linebackers and maybe the safeties from time to time. Um I worry about Jared versus in this game because he's going to be leaned on heavily to be an edge setter. And we've seen from time to time, he gets out of his lanes and as well as Jaden Daniels played running the football in that last game, I think Malik Cunningham is umpteen times better. Um, so he worries me. He worries me with his discipline that if he gets out gapped, I think they can, I think they can really make you pay. Whereas I didn't think LSU was necessarily going to with their running mm-hmm. game. Um, but the secondary, yeah, I'm worried about miscommunication. We've seen that be an issue for three years now at Florida State. I'm not sure why it continues. Um, you know, whether some guys are just still battling through some injuries or whatnot. You know, Duke Cooper really, really doesn't look like himself at all. Hopefully this is a good big week for him to get healthy. But if they're if they're miscommunicating and turning guys free, I think Louisville's gonna be playing their A game, um, looking to get their looking to get a win at home. And I think that they can make you pay if, if you're bust, if you're if you're busting a lot of coverages. Can that be cleaned up? Miscommunication stuff. I mean, I I would say that to me that's something that seems to it can. Coach you. But however, it can, but it it's, just, it's been years and years and yeah. years. It's kind of like yeah, a this continuing is year trend. three of this problem. Um, yeah, it's year three of this problem. And I thought it got cleaned up some last year. I'm not sure why it's rearing its ugly head again. But here we are. I mean, it's early in the season. They've obviously got this week or this past week and and the one upcoming. To have spent a lot of time working on it, and again, guys getting healthy, but uh, yeah, that that's a concern for me, though. 
Okay. I, it seems like some people want to respond to that. I'm going to let that happen. But Kev, you go first because you're on the you're on the last throws of life. I see you having death rattles up in the, that upper left corner. So I want you to get it out before you croak live here on YouTube. Subscribe to the Knowles 24-7 YouTube page. Um, do you agree with that in any other areas of concern? And then I'm going to let the rest of you four guys kind of respond to those areas of concern, whether you agree, disagree, et cetera. Yeah, I think um, Syracuse was able to get away with kind of just bringing the house on on Louisville. Syracuse has a couple of really good cornerbacks that uh, we don't have at Florida State. Um, and so they were able to get away with that, bring pressure, basically contain with, with a, a run blitz um, and play man coverage on the back end. UCF rolled the dice, and they, they did – did a little bit of that as well. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to go over this a little bit more in a video later this week, but mm. I think there is a little bit of concern on whether or not Florida state can get away with the same thing. Um, Louisville's wide receivers aren't very good this year uh, to be frank, but uh, neither is Florida state's cornerbacks. And you saw Florida state give up a fair amount of rushing yards to Jaden Daniels because they had to keep two safeties deep because they were worried about LSU's receivers. Um, and so I think I think a big question mark is whether or not Florida State will be able to to kind of keep that extra man in the box to try to dissuade Louisville from running the ball or, or keeping Malik uh, keeping Malik in the pocket. But uh, that's that's a big question for me on, on the offensive on the offensive end. It's strength against weakness, and I think Florida State's going to be able to move the ball. Um, it's just whether or not uh, Cunningham returns to form uh if he's just having a kind of a little slump at the beginning of the season and he returns to, to form or if, if his struggles are because he has no one to throw the ball to so that's that's the big question so counterpoint to that before these guys go because i i agree with you we we watched we all watched the same film and there were some areas of concern for florida state we talked about you louisville not having great wide receivers and jane daniels having a pretty good game running the ball and honestly nothing else to that last drive i mean Florida State was able to execute that game plan against Kayshawn Butte and then Malik Neighbors and way better receivers than Louisville has. Why should we be more concerned with this game, even with those coverage issues that we have? Now, maybe we should, but I think that that's a fair question that people would ask. We we locked down LSU's receivers. Is it the Malik Cunningham factor that scares you guys a little bit more? Yeah, I think. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I, th I think you don't want to give up as many yards and be as unsuccessful against LSU as as you are against Louisville. I think you want to find more success. LSU I was able to move the ball and score. I think I, 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 just, I think Cunningham's also better at evading the pocket with his eyes downfield and throwing it. They'll gotcha. do a lot of design where they'll get your, their tackle wide with your end. <clears throat> they'll play the interior guys and create a gap for Cunningham to extend the play through while keeping his eyes downfield. They hit one of those against UCF for a pretty big gain. That's something they'll do more effectively. When Daniels kind of decided to run, he was running. There was no sort of eyes downfield keeping it alive. Cunningham, a little bit more of a threat there. That's a concern. You know, if a safety or a corner starts pulling in, you get a one-on-one. -on -one, that's where you get beat for a long ball. And, and I tend to agree with you too, Kev, as far and especially the type of routes that Louisville's going to run. They're going to, if we're having communication issues, they're going to screw with our guys all day. I mean, Adam, what, what do you think about all that? Uh, the thing that concerns me the most about this game is they've got, they've got actual tangible film on what Florida State's trying to accomplish right now mm. and what their game plan is. And that's a concern because now they've got film of Knowles turning coverages loose. He and Lundy miscommunicate, or he and um, Deloach mis miscommunicating. They've got film on uh, Amarion Duke Cooper and what his struggles are so far. That, that's why 
I'm, I'm concerned more about Louisville than I was somewhat to a degree about LSU because Louisville's going to know what to expect. They, they've got a great scout on all these guys now. Um, so they're going to know how to attack these guys. They're going to build a game plan around attacking these guys. Louisville or LSU didn't get that benefit because they showed nothing against Duquesne. Um, so that, that's kind of where my headspace is for this game. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, again, hopefully guys are getting healthy and they've worked on it. And I'm going to let everybody respond to the areas of concern because I think they're valid. Right now, just for context, or any of you, and if you don't want to show your hand, I understand we've got a couple days. Are any of you guys predicting a Florida State loss on Friday? I am not. Not right now. Okay, look at Brendan's little Frankenstein hand. What about you four? Adam, Kevin, Dane, Zach, anybody leaning towards maybe a letdown game in Louisville on Friday? I don't don't think they let down, but I I don't – I don't think a loss will be a letdown either. I mean, I think they're going to go play well. We'll see what the outcome. Yeah, competitive. Is. I feel you on that. Sorry, that's that's good. That's good. Um, that's good as far as taking a look at the phrasing. But I wanted to say, like, these are areas of concern. I just didn't know if it had brought you guys closer to the. I think Florida State's going to lose Friday night than win. Or is anybody there or no? No, no. I don't I think, think Louisville is particularly impressive. Yeah, in watching, I I've watched a Syracuse game twice. UCF ones. Yeah, Syracuse did a good job of beyond the fact that they have corners they can leave on islands. They did a good job of retracing with their defense events. They kind of forced Cunningham to live that life in a box. Right. And I thought they were really good at it. That's something FSU has to do well. You can't work from behind Cunningham and get into foot races. The kid's going to win those. And UCF, I thought, played a horrendous second half. I mean, Louisville mm-hmm. played a better second half than they played a first half, but UCF was dreadful in that second half. I think FSU is going to be able to post points. I don't know that Louisville is going to be able to post points at an equal level unless FSU allows multiple busted plays, which sure. is where the concerns with the secondary come into play. And I, I do share similar concerns with the secondary as Kevin A.B. Okay. Anybody else agree with that? Any Zach, Dane, Brendan, do you have those same concerns that Adam has and Kevin has? Do you guys have different ones? Go ahead. Uh, Brendan, in your face, you're doing that little weird little <laughs> hand thing. So Zach gets to go first. Zach, any other areas of concern you have? No, yeah, I mean, um, I agree with a lot of you guys' points. I think the co- the secondary is definitely, which is crazy to say, probably mm-hmm. the weak point of the defense for Florida State right now. Um, the linebacker play doesn't really worry me um, between Deloach and, and Bethune, um, although that AB pointed out that miscommunication on that third touchdown um, against LSU between Deloach and and, and Knowles, um, but but. Yes, there are blown coverages on that specific play. It was a little bit tricky just because um, I think there was some some stuff that was going on in, in LSU's backfield that kind of confused Knowles, and that's not something that should happen, obviously. Um, but but I think it's something that they can get corrected. Um, okay. and, and I think for those guys, um, everyone's going to say, oh, they're going through a sophomore slump. I've seen stuff, stuff in the chat. Um, and, and FSU, I, I think you got to try and prevent that, right? Like those, those are – Duke Cooper look, was a guy towards the end of last year that looked like total cornerback one material. Sure. Um, and obviously, he's battling an injury right now. Um, that's why he missed the Duquesne game. And, and it, it was even a struggle to come back for the LSU game. I, I, he, he looked kind of ginger um, in those warm-up videos um, before the LSU game. He looked fine out there, like wasn't limping or anything. Um, but but it did, he didn't look like himself, like A.B. said. And I think that mm-hmm. has part to do with, with why um, there's a little bit uh, – you know, lesser of his play. Um, and, and, you know, for Knowles, I don't, I don't really know. I, I mean, we've seen it in practice and, and, and obviously in the game, um, he, he just hasn't looked as good as last year. 
So maybe that means you rotate some more guys like a, a greedy Vance. I, does that, is that even better? Like, I don't know. Like I think greedy Vance might be even more of a risk playing. Um, I, I, he's kind of a risk reward guy. Um, and obviously I think he'd be amped up playing his old team. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be interesting. I, that that's kind of where my worries lie, especially on the defense. But but I'm with Chris here. Like I like I don't think Louisville's put anything on film that's uber impressive to me through two weeks. Sure, that's not like that has me not super worried. But also, it's their home opener. They're going to be amped up. They're mm-hmm. trying to play, you know, to kind of keep their season alive, right? Like they, they're one on one. This would make them two on one with the win, and then they head into the rest of ACC play. So. I definitely think they're they're going to play better than what we've seen in the past two weeks. How much better better is you know kind of what determines the outcome of this game. I'm with this, you, man. And I, oh, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. This is why I I have trouble seeing Louisville Louisville win this game. Um, I think you can rely on on shot plays, and if if there's some shot plays that goes their direction and stuff, then um, it might be close. But I. Right now, when it comes to running plays, Florida State is fourth in the country in success rate. On defense? On offense. On offense, okay. Nice. Louisville's defense is top 10 worst in rushing success rate. I'm not a numbers guy, but I like how that matchup sounds. <laughs> that means that Florida State should be able to consistently run the football on Louisville. And we've seen with Mike Norvell, if he's able to do that, he's going to lean on it. I think they're yeah. going to... I think Florida State's going to be able to score this game, and unless Malik Cunningham has has a, like a an All American level performance, which he's capable of, mm-hmm. I think Florida State walks away with it. Okay, I'm with you too, and I think that's a good point. It, it could be something to where Florida State's got some issues. Is Louisville the right team to take advantage of those issues right now? In some ways, yes, but in many ways, no. And I am I'm interested to see how a kid like we thought played really well at the end of last year, Duke Cooper. He is moving very gingerly, uh, like Zach said. Shout out to the OG Ginger Red Lightning. Hopefully, we can get that taken care of. Um, <laughs> we'll be interested to see how the team responds after that bye week. Now, Dane, with Florida State going two and zero, a record that a lot of people probably wouldn't have predicted in July, has it recalibrated your expectations for Florida State? And not just on Florida State's performance based on some of the other performances that we've seen in college football for the first two weeks, are your personal expectations for this team? Have they been recalibrated a little bit? Yeah. I mean, first of all, LSU isn't a game you went in and expecting to win. And now on your spreadsheet, you have a 1.0 by there mm-hmm. by that game. So, I mean, that should recalibrate things a bit anyway, but like you're saying, the rest of the schedule just looks going into the season. It felt like we had a really tough schedule and um, it just, you know, that's changed a little it bit. It looks right? more manageable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Predicting yeah. college football playoff. Don't listen to Kevin. Come on. Hey, for Heisman, baby. Let's hey, go. Yes. No, no, no. Cardboard. Double D. Don't I listen I to Kevin. Don't there down the path. Thought I heard it. Jesus Christ. Dane, continue. These charlatans. <laughs> yeah, I, don't don't I, mess with my guy. You have 10 games remaining. I feel like if you go across that, I'm not looking at the schedule right now, but I'm sure a majority of those of those games look a little bit more winnable than they did at first especially in conference brendan um okay. so. what, what about you brendan you, uh, expectations recalibrated a little bit and what have you seen from some of these other teams on florida states to me more manageable schedule well it definitely recalibrates even just from the point that dane mentions like now that 0.5 or 0.4 percent chance of beating lsu is now that's a 1.0 1. 1. that's a one Great so point. so uh, thank you 
Great Thank point. You, Great numbers. Thank you, Thank you Dave, for making the same point. Beforehand. One twice as much as five. <laughs> Absolutely. We've established that. But before the season, I think we would have all assumed that Florida State was going up to Louisville as an underdog. I don't imagine that'll be the case now. I'm not sure if the betting line has come out on here on Sunday evening. It probably has. But I imagine FSU will probably be favored. Uh, and other teams on the schedule look really vulnerable. Uh, Wake Forest does get this quarterback back. That That is a little bit of a problem. But BC does not look very good. Miami has things to clearly work through. Uh, they did not look uh, all that fantastic for the first half. And and so against uh, Southern Miss uh, the other day. Great crowd, Before- man. The place was rocking. That's red meat meat for Brendan, but secretly Kevin is the biggest Miami hater on the entire Uh, staff. He really, you do. Kev, let's get a side podcast on just trashing Miami constantly. You guys are great. We'll call it. We'll call it Garnet and Bold. Just make bold takes, hating on them. Good pun too. Justin Gray in the chat. FSU one and a half point favorites in Louisville. Okay. So we've established that 0.5 is less than one. So that's good. Adam and Kevin, <laughs> do you, I mean, what have you seen from Florida state's opponents? What, what, like any, any teams that look better than you thought, or is everybody just look more, butt across the board. Trey, Florida state's got to worry about Florida state. Okay. Well, no, you know what? It, Mike, okay. Mike Norvell would be so proud of you. God, right you are such a coach. It's the game in front of them. One percent okay. better every day. All right, okay. I'm not worried about Ooh, grit, determination. Cliche me to death, baby. <laughs> Chris is Chris is he's Finish. Finish. All right. I'll get an answer. Your... Boston right. College looks like ass compared to what I thought they would. Do. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> they are yeah. absolutely awful. Like my and god, they, they cannot protect them. They can't run the damn ball. It, it's it's awful. And I love Jeff as a coach. I think he's an excellent football coach. I thought they were going to be good. A little bit of a step back with the offensive lineman injury with Mahogany. Mm-hmm. And I know they had an O-lineman that was down this past week, so that played a role in what happened to them on Saturday. But, man, they've looked dreadful against Rutgers and then against VTech. They just yes. – it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. That Boston College job will catch up to you eventually. Even if you have it rolling a little bit, it will win. The Lannisters always pay their debts. Like, it's going to get you, and your team will suck ass eventually. A big old ass, like Chris said. To Kevin, answer your, to yes. answer your question, Trey, yeah. I think Thank Florida you, looks better than I was expecting. I was expecting them to lose by multiple scores to both Utah and Kentucky, and they didn't. Okay, uh, fair. I got to watch the when end Utah of that wins game eight games this year, and he got so mad when Utah threw the interception. It was well, adorable. Foreman Rising, I I hadn't watched enough of him to know that he was an utter garbage quarterback. Um, <laughs> he was that great at like popped right out of you. We really, last year. He was we really hit our groove at 45 minutes in this one. There's no <laughs> doubt. So yeah, it's a little bit, it takes a little bit of time to get you guys to get the guard. I'll, I'll work on it. It's like Novocaine. I, my style works on everybody. So but some guys bring sweet tea. Some guys bring liquor. That's right, brother. <laughs> um, so, Kevin, Florida looks a little bit better. Anybody else that looks a little bit better I mean, than you thought? Syracuse looks better. Um, yep. I mean, if Schrader can throw the football, he's six foot four. He runs like a brick house. Um, they've got uh Adam, your face. You're gonna get to talk. What brick house is one? What? I got what you meant, Kevin. I've seen very it. mobile. It was a bit it's Sean Tucker, right? As the running back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably the best running back in the ACC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is is okay. Uh, but I mean they that offense. So that offense look looked 
looks really solid and it's going to be a tough team to beat. They, they're probably your best, like, yeah, I'm more worried about Syracuse than, than Louisville right now. Big Interesting. Time. Nobody would have said that preseason. So two look better and do all the rest of the eight look about what you think or a little worse. Wake Forest with Hartman back. I think that that's, I mean, that that's going to be tough no matter what. They play us tough. But I mean, to, to you, Kevin, even with those points being made, do you find the schedule as a whole more manageable? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I just think it's unfortunate that you're you're playing Wake Forest and you're playing NC State and you're playing a, a improved Syracuse team. Um, all three of those teams are probably better than any team that uh, Miami plays, not named Florida State this season. Um, so true. So true. And that includes the SEC matchup that they're playing next week. And I do like the distinction of just because it's more manageable does not mean that it's easy. Now, Adam, go ahead. You're bursting at the seams. Go ahead and no, say no, what just, you want to say. The, the, brick, the brick wall running, that just, that just struck me. Um, brick house. Yeah, no, I... I'm I'm curious to see on Syracuse. I, I don't know if I buy it yet. We've seen this song. We saw this exact same stuff last year out of them. They're here. They're arriving. Dino Babers is going to save his job, and then it all fell apart. Uh, we'll we'll see. You do have to go play them up there. I agree with Chris. BC looks like just dog meat. Yeah, they, do. they are terrible, and that's kind of surprising me because I thought Halfley was going to. I thought they were making some strides, and then it all really fell apart. Uh, having nobody to block for you. Tends to do that to a football team. Um, I think Florida's overrated. I don't think they're as good as Kev maybe is giving them credit for. Because no, I, I think, think they're Utah. a top thirty-five team, but not a yeah, top. I don't think team. I don't think Utah's very good. Utah looked really small and really movable on the defensive line. And I thought that's what Florida did when Florida had to move Kentucky. I didn't think they could. Um, so I think a defense with a pulse is going to be able to give uh, Florida a little bit of trouble. Other than that, I mean Clemson. Yeah, we'll see. I'm still. Are they going to stick with DJ? Is Dabo really calling plays? Yeah, we'll see on them. They're they're a really good football team. That defense is is crazy good. Um, I, I want to see more of NC State Dabo. too because I yeah, think cool. no, the, wait, wait, time out, Trey. I think a dereliction of duty here. We have to get AB to re pronounce how he says Dabo. Shit, name. I pronounce things how I pronounce. What'd you say, Dabo? Is Dabo. that a way? <laughs> Old Dabo and DJ ukulele. <laughs> um, I was gonna say shout out to Kev because he said that DJ is is not gonna be any different, and Clemson does not have an offense this year. So I that's another DJ one of the teams be... that looks so much more beatable than they did preseason. Defensive uh, line defense. is gross, but you're right, Dan. Yeah, Daybow. Daybow's got a good defense, that's for sure. Um, so we've talked about we talked about all of the we, we talked about all the in season stuff. Zach, let's get to your area of expertise, my friend. Uh, so you don't yawn anymore in my stream. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Nerd alert. Um, how has this affected recruiting? Has, I mean, Florida State fans are feeling positive. Has it had the same sort of level of positive influence over the recruiting? Or, I mean, what what have you seen? I mean, you're the juice guy. You're tapped into the juice. Tropicana Blowstein. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Um... For the guy, like what people have to understand is that Florida State is not looking to fill up this class with a bunch of recruits, right? Like, sure, they have 14 guys committed right now in the 2023 recruiting class. Um, I think they probably get to around 20 um, through the high school ranks. I'm I'm only talking high school and, and the one JUCO guy they have in Jaden Jones. Um, but but I only think they're going to go to around that number because um, they, I mean, look at all of Florida State's impactful players right they're 
all guys they got Transfers. from the transfer portal. Transfers. Jared Burst, Fabian Lovett, Jordan Travis. Obviously, that wasn't this staff, but I mean, what like it's just it's a proven way. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm becoming Kevin right now. <laughs> it's spreading through the internet. Yeah, it's, it's the contagion monkey virus. Yes, everybody's dying. Oh, that's outbreak. Yeah, that was the monkey virus. Go ahead anyway. Monkey viruses aside. <laughs> Mike Norvell has proven that he knows how to evaluate talent in the portal. Obviously, that's not the only way you want to build up your roster. That's why they're adding 20 or so guys through the high school ranks. But that's why I think that Florida State fans haven't seen, you know, dozens of recruits come and, and you know, react to them beating LSU. Obviously, another aspect to that is that they, they have to keep winning. Like, that yep. one win is not just going to be enough proof of concept for a five-star prospect to be like, you know what, FSU's back. I'm going to go there. Yeah, you're I'm right. Gonna start, you know, really considering them. They have to keep winning. Louisville, the Louisville game is going to be a big deal. And obviously, as we you know move further into into the season, um, you know, th- things will become become more important once once you know FSU, especially facing some rivals like like Florida and, and Miami with their new coaches. Obviously, Clemson will be highly ranked when they play them. Um, so yeah, those games will be important. But for the guys that do matter, um, I think. They, things are trending in a positive direction. I'm of the belief that Florida State sits in a really good spot for Hakeem Williams, their Ooh, number one overall target, yes. five-star wide receiver. Um, he decides on September 23rd. He was at Pitt over the weekend for their loss against Tennessee. Um, he'll be at uh, Texas A&M in Miami this upcoming weekend. Texas I, A&M. The battle, the battle of mid. Um, not mid, yeah. two horrible teams. No, I'm sorry. The Battle of Middle Earth. Is Jimbo going to win the brown jacket on the sidelines? His team looks like a brown something. Middle Earth battle. That was the the worst fake fart I've ever heard in my life, Brendan. Sorry, Zach. (laughs) I I felt tepid that I probably shouldn't do it midway through. No, man. Always commit to the fart. Go ahead, Zach. No, I was saying Miami's offensive line was giving up like sack after sack to uh, Southern Miss. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think things are trending in a great direction there. Obviously, um, you know, I, he's hiking Williams is from South Florida. So I don't think that recruitment will be over if Florida State does end up landing his commitment on the 23rd. Um, but I think that, yeah, chill, guys. Um, <laughs> he, uh, and then the other guy, Blake Nicholson, right? The four star linebacker that yep. has been recruiting for a while. Um, they, they regained the momentum in his recruitment over the summer. That's only continued to translate into the, the fall. He loved seeing FSU's win over LSU. He's one of the guys that reacted in my reaction story pretty quickly. Great story, um, Zach. You do thanks, a fantastic thanks. job with that. <laughs> Appreciate it, Trey. <laughs> um, he's deciding on the 20th. He'll be he'll be live on the uh, 24-7 Sports main YouTube channel announcing his decision. Uh, that'll be later at night. I think it's like 9.30 EST because he's over uh, in California. Um, but I but I like LSU, or F, sorry, FSU there. I still got LSU on the mind. And then um, Florida State has a really good class, like, already put together, right? Like, Lucas Simmons, Keldrick Falk, who was at Auburn over the weekend. They didn't look, really look that good. Um, Rod Kearney is a, is a guy that we can get into Interesting name right now. Yeah. Yep, um, he was at UF over the weekend for their loss. Um, but but it seems like he has a lot of interest in the Gators, and maybe, maybe George is another school trying to get involved there. Keith Sampson looks pretty locked in. And they've got a bunch of other guys, and and we've been highlighting some of their performances, man. Like, one thing I will note that I, that I haven't talked about really yet is I, I do, like, a story every Friday uh, night or Saturday morning just kind of um, recapping Florida State's commits and targets and, and their performances on Friday nights. And, man, like, it's it's super easy to find, like, 
these crazy performances from their commits. Like, the I think, stats are huge yeah, every single did, time. Another yeah. great story you do, Zach. It just thank seems you, to be you. a habit with you. But yeah, the, the stat lines are they're PlayStation numbers. They don't yeah. look real. Vandrevious Jacobs sends me every every Friday night at midnight. He sends me like five videos, and they're all like touchdowns of him, like on, on like from that same night. He get he watches like the I guess the YouTube live stream that that Vero Beach does, and like clips it for me, and then just sends them to me, and I just post. they look good, dude. They yeah, look good. and like he, he's like scoring like two, three, uh, I think even one week four touchdowns in a week. Like he, he's been awesome, and, and uh, Goldie Lawrence was back on the field after serving a two game suspension for getting like kicked out of his spring game or something. I think, I think. Oh, I like that. I'm good with that type yeah. of attitude. So he, uh, he got the he dog. Came back, he came back and like scored like five overall touchdowns. I think he uh, caught four, then ran another one. So he was awesome. And then, and you know, we highlighted every week. So be, be sure to be on most 24 seven, checking that out. But, but what I want to say is like, it's really easy to find like these guys showing out on their high school teams, even like the guys that are lesser ranked, like, Goldie Lawrence, Vandrevious Jacobs, DeMarco Ward has had a really good, um, you know, senior season so far. He had like a 12 tackle, multiple TFL uh, and sack performance last week. And he had a game winning wildcat touchdown this week. So, yeah, it's been it's been awesome to see FSU's commits kind of show out. Um, good evaluations. It looks yeah, like honestly, even on the lower rated guys. Good. And that's something that. <laughs> Look at Chris. Let me talk, please. <laughs> um, I'm with you, dude. Really, really good evaluation. So, Zach, anything? Go ahead, any, any, yeah, go, go, go ahead, Sorry, Big Papa. You feel left out. Now, now, now you know what it's like to get really big leagues. It happens. Our boy Dre Jacobs needs to be ranked better. He, the dude, always talk to does. your people. Talk to your I'm people, Chris and Nostra. I'm not talk one to stand on tables for rankings very often, but come on now. He, he's, he's damn good, and he might the be a slot, time- but whatever. He's damn good. The last time Chris really stood on a table for crew, like against the company, I think it was Asante Samuel, or that was one of the, the more recent examples. And Chris proved to be pretty spot on with that. So Right again. Mama's right again. Well, listen, so we've talked about everything. We've been seeing a lot of really good questions come through. Like 57, 58 minutes. Let's spend the next five or ten. Stretch out your fingers. I want to answer some questions from the chat because there's been some good ones. So get ready. Let's get some questions in. Let people write them in there. Anything else that you guys want to add into the miscellaneous section before we start answering a couple questions? Anything else right. anybody wants to add? I'll, I'll throw in real quick while we let the questions stream in here. And this is kind of going off of <laughs> I'm doing weird things with my hands tonight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's one getting thing weirder. That I think yep. <laughs> it's important with the recruiting aspect that Zach mentioned. Uh, I think that Florida State doing well this season, I don't know how much it really helps out for the 2023 class. It might be able to help uh, finish up a couple recruitments like Hiking Williams, which would obviously be huge. Uh, But for the most part, uh, this class for the prep uh, aspect is solidified, right? Like this, this is more or less done. Uh, What FSU can do if, say, you you overshoot what you thought you were going to do before the season, win eight or nine games. Imagine the level of cachet you'd have towards transfers and where that would put you in in the pecking order for transfer prospects. That kind of alluded to this, but I think it's something that we need to focus more on, like moving forward. 2023 prep recruits, probably minimal impact of winning games this season. This helps out more for 2024 uh, class. Getting to go to the front of the line for top transfers consistently because you could sell, look what we did with a quick turnaround with the transfers that were brought in already this season. And look what you can do. And you have the blueprint for defensive ends. You have uh, Jermaine Johnson and 
and Jared Verse uh, in back-to-back years. You can look at the wide receivers and what they've done. That's if it all keeps moving in a good direction. So They're I think good at recruiting where, those guys. They've shown they, acumen with a bad program recruiting really good transfers. And putting them in a good position in the coaching aspect. So then if you can upgrade the talent level of recruit that you're getting as well and have a little bit more oomph on the recruiting trail, like one extra sales pitch, uh, yeah, that, that'll be significant for this for this program. If you can overachieve, that'll help out a lot in 2023, I think. All right, I like it. Let's get some oomph on these questions. Adam, are you the question guy? Just pick the best ones and shoot them to the screen, and I'll read them out. Sure. There's a couple of recruiting ones. This one's from Bug Zapper. What's uh, I believe he I believe he's talking Chris Otto from Chris Key Otto, West. Chris uh, me. Go ahead. I, I'm a, I'm a big Chris Otto fan. Um, I actually talked to him a couple of days ago. FSU got on the phone with him after the LSU win. Got him in contact with the film school, which he is super into. That that is his thing. He really oh. appreciated it. It stood out to him. He's in no rush. He does want to get here for a game, but obviously coming from Key West, that's a little bit of a trick, especially with playing on Friday nights. Probably, if I had to guess, it will be Louisiana or Florida when he has the best chance of getting here for a game. And then I think they'll bring him in for an official after the season. He's a kid that I think there's an excellent chance he ends up at FSU. I think they really liked him. They loved what he did at Showtime. He's one of those kids that could play on either side of the line, and he just – he. There's something about him where you like him because he's kind of Plato. You can mold him. He's he's big. He's strong. He's athletic. He's a wrestler. Uses his hands well. Ooh, wrestler. He's smart. I'm he's in. cerebral. There's a whole lot of qualities to like about the kid. Is yeah. he a guard or a tackle? Uh, he could play right <laughs> tackle. I think he's probably more an interior guy. Truthfully, I think he'd be an awesome three tech. But I think his art is more an offense than defense. Okay. More of a safety or a cornerback, Chris. <laughs> We'll throw this one from Timmy to Zach. Where do we stand with Mike Mitchell? Uh-oh, Zach's You're audio muted, Zach. The Look dreaded mute button. You're muted. Oh, you muted, Zach, Plugstein. And you re-muted yourself again. This is great. <laughs> it's the opposite. Now you can talk. Look how much Dane is enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Like you've never screwed up on camera before, Dan. Don't be a bully. Exactly, man. What's going on? Look at Draper cheesing, cheesing like a bean. Anyway, go ahead, Zach. What about Mike Mitchell? Uh, Mitchell, uh, he has not yet been. (laughs) I think you're okay now. Hey, Chris. You're good, sir. my old house this is why we need tips turned on so we could pay for internet for Zach he is a college student the, and he needs the more shame money. of being dunked on by Dane was too much to handle <laughs> Zach have you recovered or did you cut your internet cord and like protest I don't know hello Mike yeah. Mitchell talk to me about good. Mike Mitchell no don't mute yourself though Zach oh Jesus Oh go ahead, bud. Mike, Zach, just you talk. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes. I sound fantastic. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mike Mitchell has not been offered yet. I've been offered yet by Florida State. He um has not been offered is yet. Waiting on his, he's waiting on his grade situation. <laughs> Fantastic. If they will send the offer, and I do expect Forest State to land his commitment if things check out with his grades. 
Fantastic. That was great. You sounded like an old like like Godzilla movie with the Japanese bad dub. That was good. Dude, Zach, once again, showed grit, showed hard determination. You write great articles, and you, you really stuck through that one, man. You so got 1% you. better today. Uh, you did. Uh, Kevin uh, from Carol Pilalis. Pilalis. Carol Pilalis from Facebook. What's up, Facebook? Who's been the player that has impressed you the most, both on offense and defense? Kevin Little. I'm not going to give you the, the standard answers of you know jordan travis and um you know uh tatum it doesn't sound like it's that sound that standard right now you're thinking about it for a little bit sorry yeah uh i have a bad habit of calling tatum bethune bethune tatum because of bethune cookman um (laughs) just because i don't know uh so i had to think about it for a second but i think i think the answer i want to give is pokey wilson i think pokey Pokey wilson Wilson has impressed me a lot i think he's a guy that made a couple of uh great plays last season but uh there was huge questions on his consistency and i think having Pittman and wilson to kind of take attention off of him has has kind of got him more one-on-one matchups and i think he's really thrived in that so far and i think he was the the player he was the Second offensive player of the game after Jordan Travis uh, against LSU. I like that. That's a good answer. What about defense? Bethune Tatum. Tatum Bethune is is definitely uh, definitely the the player. I think we we're we were all high on him. I think there was some question marks about uh, uh, him from from other places, but watching his UCF film, we were high on him. Looking at his stats, we we're high on him, and I think uh, he's shown nothing but that we talked about earlier, the linebackers are potentially uh, one of the the strengths of this team. And I think he's a, he's pretty much the reason why. I like it. I like it. Um, Kev and or AB, I'm going to give to Adam. What is the offensive game plan to effectively take Louisville out of the game early from William Flynn on YouTube with a very close up profile picture? Uh, Run the football and run the football more. And then, run the football some more because what happens after that out of what next? Well, he might throw the ball every once in a while. Seriously, nope. they haven't shown that they can stop like a standard run game. I thought the, I thought they had some effectiveness against UCF because UCF refused to run any kind of standard, like zone play to their running back or, any kind of gap scheme to the running back. I, they, they kept doing they, that weird draw thing where the yeah, quarterback would roll what the hell they were it back. It was, was like they had to run the ball with Plumley or the other kid as a wildcat. Like they couldn't just hand the ball to the running back. Uh, Gus Malzahn is lost his freaking guys. mind. Uh, if I'm being completely honest as an offensive, former offensive genius. Um, so yeah, so from Florida state, we're running a lot of counter, um, it looked like I, It looked like a little bit of tight front from Louisville, so that's a three-man front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm probably going to play a little bit of double double tight against these guys, try to balance them out. Might see a little bit of uh, down, a little bit of power, definitely counter, maybe some outside zone because I don't think their running back or their linebackers run very well. We'll see if Florida State can block that or not. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm going to run the football against these guys because. I think you get downhill on them in a hurry, and they really struggle to stop it. Good question, Bill. I want two more questions, Adam. Pick the two right. best ones, and let's get out of here. Let's let's get out of here. Two more. Let's let's let Zach redeem himself. <laughs> Am I back? Am I back? Or maybe we can just let his father, Dane Draper, take the question. <laughs> uh, any update on any any update on DJ? Right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. I'm kidding. I love everyone. All right. Yeah. So DJ Chester, um, 
He is Florida State's probably top remaining offensive line target um, besides Christopher Otto, who, who Chris mentioned earlier. I think DJ mm-hmm. Chester is a kind of a level above him on FSU's target list. Sure. Um, but he wa- he wasn't at the LSU and FSU game, but he watched it and loved what he saw. Um, I, I did an in-depth kind of article with him last week um, following that game, and he told me he'll he's visiting Florida State twice this season. He'll be at the Boston College home game on the 24th unofficially, hey. Um, hey, and, then, and then he'll be – or I should say twice uh, the rest of this year. He'll be back – on campus for an official visit with Florida State in December. That's uh, that's where they prefer to, to have the mo- their remaining targets take their officials because they want to be that last school to host them before signing day. Um, so, yeah, DJ Chester, I, I think FSU sits in a good spot with him. Um, LSU is another school involved. They just hosted him for their game against Southern over the weekend. Um, and I think they're, Michigan's another school. Um, there are a few others. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I think it, right now it's probably – Michigan, LSU, FSU, and maybe Auburn, I think, are, are in the mix. Um, I, I have to check on, on who else is involved. But I, but I know FSU feels pretty good about where they stand with him. Is he, he an interior a, guy? or a t- yeah. oh, Go ahead, Dane. I, I was so. going to say he has an official visit scheduled to Ole Miss on October 1st as well. Okay. Thank but, you. Yeah. Thanks, good Dane, job, really cleaning up Zach's mess yet again. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, is, he, is, uh, is Chester an interior guy? Is he an interior guy or is he a tackle? Um, he... I believe he'll be an interior guy at the next level. Okay. He plays some right tackle, um, and, and he looks pretty good and, and athletic. But his body type, um, I think you'd ideally want him to play interior. Um, but you know how FSU is with, with kind of position versatility on that line. Sure. Um, with a guy like you know Darius Washington, he's he's a little bit bigger than Darius um, height wise. So um, I, I think he could play right tackle, but I but I expect him to be on the interior at the next level. Okay, good. Versatile. That's what we like. That's what we're all about here. Knowles, 24 7. Trey, like Trey can, we get two right more, can we get two more quick ones? Because yes. there's oh two lightning round. Lightning round. Okay, let's go. Yeah, one, the, the, the lightning round that you guys never Chris. actually adhere to. Okay, go the first ahead. one's from Chris because I think he asked it himself. I think he logged into an alternate uh, YouTube account. Ooh, okay, Kevin. Right is, is Jordan Hall making any visits? Kevin. Uh, he was at Florida for an unofficial this past weekend. Jordan kind of lives life one week at a time. Hell yeah. FSU is going to try to get him on campus. Vin Diesel, session. one Jordan quarter season. mile, one quarter the last mile. Last one because I I really want Brendan's thoughts. Oh boy. How about those all white uniforms? Crispy. Uh, the only people I'm friends with who did not like the all white uniforms are about 20 years older than me. I think maybe that's the best way I can sum those up. <laughs> okay, the um, weird thing is the helmet, the white, the white color on the helmet's off from the uniform, right? Like it's a little bit different. I think that's the one weird thing. For Pessimistic guy. Sure the, yeah. oh, look at him. The only guy. But that's every white I'm not bringing up the real points. You guys are all. They're made cool. out of different materials. <laughs> I'm, giving it, I'm, giving, I'm giving it to you from the real. 0.5 is less than one. And helmets are made of different things than jerseys, guys. We have really just. We've traversed new and uncharted waters here on this. We better get. We better get out of here. Let's just get out of here. Yes, 24-7, the early season roundtable. Maybe we'll have another roundtable after game three. Maybe game five. Maybe we'll do it after every prime number. I don't know, but we are going to be back. Subscribe to Knowles 24-7. Go to the site. All of the dope AF content is on there that you can see. Just go there, send money, (laughs) and funnel it directly towards Zach's Comcast. And go there, subscribe to the Knowles 24-7 YouTube, subscribe to the X's Knowles YouTube, Listen to the pod on the bench. 
five stars, five stars, five stars. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. We are the Knowles 24-7 staff, the best collective group of talent in the history of Florida State Media. I am Trey Rowland for Kevin Little, Adam Brown, Brendan Sonone, Dane Draper, he of the low internet, Zach Blostein, Chris Nee, and somewhere in a ditch somewhere, Brett Nevitt. I am Trey <laughs> Rowland. Have a great day. Keep chopping on, and we will talk to you all later. Gig'em! Gig'em!